Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Well, thank you for turning into the Display the Gospel podcast. My name is Brent Risley, and we are talking today uh, about idols again. This is part three of a series called Idols of the Heart. And there's a reality in our own lives where we all have things that we give more time, attention, energy, affection, or even worship other than God. And that is kind of our working definition of an idol. It's not necessarily a physical thing, although it could be. But oftentimes we find that an idol is something like work. An idol is something like a relationship. An idol is something like sports or hobbies um, or even things like control. And so what I want to just talk about today briefly is this idea that um, at the time of recording this, but it's also applicable all the time, um, is, you know, we're going through the coronavirus at the time of recording this, and that's a, it's a very interesting season to be a Christian and to have the entire world turned upside down, have your life turned upside down, be stuck at home or working from home, or your your whole life is kind of radically being forced to adjust. And primarily the adjustment there is the taking away of things, whether that be a social gatherings, whether that be um, gathering with family, whether that be um, going to church and all the church functions that a lot of people are used to, uh, whether that be certain rhythms just in, in your life, a lot of that's taken away. Um, and it's not even possible legally in some places to do that. Um, due to the virus. And so what's interesting about this season, and I think is again is applicable to all of us to really reflect upon, is in moments where we have had almost everything taken away, it really forces you to wrestle with who you really are, what you really hold on to, what you really kind of put your hope and your affections in. Because when a lot of things are taken away, it's going to very quickly reveal if one of those things was actually something you were putting a lot of stock in, or a lot of time in, or a lot of affection in, or a lot of your satisfaction came from those things. And so when they're taken away, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a very obvious um, adjustment to you, your mind, your soul, uh, that, hey, something's not right here. What's going on? Um, and so what I want to just draw our attention to today is that there is oftentimes the reality that God allows seasons in our life to be in places like this, where things are stripped away, whether that be good things even. Uh, they don't even necessarily need to be bad things, but things are stripped away or things are removed from our lives. And in that removing, uh, it actually peels back the layers of our heart and it reveals where our true affections lie. And so uh, we see this reality, I think, as a Christian. Um, you know, in Ephesians 5, towards the end of that chapter, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about how husbands are supposed to love their wives and in that, he gives an example that husbands should love their wives like this. And then he uses Jesus as the example. Um, no pressure there, guys. And um, <laughs> he says, you know, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, this is how we're supposed to love our wives, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. That was Ephesians 5, 25, 26, and 27. And so he's basically saying, husbands, I need you to love 
your wives like Christ loved the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? Well, he gave himself up for her, and he makes her holy. He cleanses her by the washing with water through the word in order to present her as a radiant church without blemish or spot or to be holy or to be blameless. And so the reality here is that Christ loves us as his people, as his children, sons and daughters, so much that he is willing to cleanse us, um, to wash us, to purify us through the word and through the power of his spirit that now lives inside of us. And he does that primarily, like this verse shows us, to present us to himself as a radiant church so that we would be without stain, wrinkle, blemish, that, but we would be holy and blameless before him. Um, and we see that uh, the reality that in order to be purified, uh, that means that there's something that's that's got to that's got to be removed. Um, and, and a great exa- example of this that I heard somebody use once for an illustration of this is the way that that metal is heated to incredibly hot temperatures, so much so that it becomes molten, and it's it's a liquid, <laughs> and it's so hot, but that heat literally purifies the metal itself. And what happens is all the impurities that happen to be in that metal actually end up rising to the surface. And what they do is they can scoop off the very top of that liquid molten metal um, and what's called the dross. And they scoop away the dross. And the dross is all that nasty impurities and imperfections. And you scoop away the dross and then that, and then the metal is left pure, uh, almost entirely perfect. Uh, And so uh, this is an incredible illustration that I think applies to our lives. In order for the dross to be even come to the surface, that has to come from a very intense amount of heat and time. And I think that is very applicable to our lives, that there's seasons that are very intense, whether that be like a coronavirus situation where it's intense in terms of the way we all have to adjust. Uh, it's intense in terms of the 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 speed at which we must adjust. It wasn't like we had a year to prepare for that. Uh, literally, in a matter of months, uh, our whole world just changed, and so uh, that that's an intense situation. Other times, it can be intense through suffering, or pain, or the loss of loss of a loved one, or uh, losing a job, or financial crisis, or uh, maybe even a very serious sin struggle, or a um, you know sin comes to light for the first time in your family or in your marriage, and you really have a a very intense season of dealing with sin and the consequences of sin or the ramifications of sin, uh, whatever it might be, there are often intense seasons of our life that God has sovereignly ordained to wash us and purify and cleanse us. Um, and so we also read in the New Testament, many of Paul's letters and even Peter's letters talk about the reality that that God wants us to be holy and blameless and that we ought to pursue that. And oftentimes, even there's language of, you know, being being holy or being perfect as he is perfect. And those passages, really, it's talking about in the Greek language there, those words are not literally perfect, like without, like without blemish. Perfect is really in that context, like mature or whole or complete or well-rounded. Um, and so this idea that God wants us to pursue holiness, which is a set-apartness, which is a purity of character and integrity and our lives. And so... Anyways, so so, the, so getting back to the topic then of idols is if we have an idol in our life that is stealing affection, time, worship, and energy from God himself, there will be often where God will allow these seasons to come into our lives in order to reveal to us that we have an idol. 
Um, and a lot of times I think we look at things in our life and we don't even notice we have them. And so it's almost like this idle awareness moment where God opens our eyes to see that we have actually been giving more time, energy, effort, and worship to something that really shouldn't be given that much infant emphasis. And so, for example, um, for me, um, just being real is, you know, I struggle with control. I'm a very high-functioning, efficient uh, planner, uh, sort of type A a little bit, very organized. Uh, you know, I oversee a large ministry uh, at a church and a disciple-making culture that we're trying to create at our church and all of adult ministries and a lot of different things. And so I got a lot to do. And so I have a lot to organize. I have a lot to be, um, I have to, a lot to just to steward. And so for me, I like control. Um, I like to know what is coming. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to have a clear plan. I like to have clear definitions. Um, I like to know that I can chart a path forward to do what I need to do. And so, you know, I struggle in seasons like this where a lot of my schedule or a lot of my rhythms have been completely thrown off or just completely put on hold because uh, there's things going on in my world and my life that I cannot control. Um, and that's a good wake-up call for me because the less control I have, the more I start to go, hey, I'm really anxious or I'm really fearful or I'm really worried or I'm really uh, on edge. Why is that? What is going on? And I begin to ask myself, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me in the reality that I'm anxious right now, in the reality that I am am a little frustrated what is that? What's at the root of that? And so really, the the lack of control and the, the anxiety that I might have about that is really a symptom to a deeper issue. And so there's a difference between symptoms and roots, but we'll talk about that probably in another podcast. But but God's been showing me that I have control issues, and I need to let that go. I need to trust Him, even if I if it's not what I prefer, um, or my prefer, my preferences aren't being met, or it's not convenient for me. But for you, you know, I don't know where you're at today, but um, maybe it's sports. You know, a lot of sports have been canceled, and I know it's kind of funny to joke about those things, but at the same time, I know a lot of people give a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, and a lot of their their affection, to be honest, and their passion towards following sports, reading about sports, watching sports, talking about sports, attending sports events, like like you name it, it's kind of a big deal. And so with all of that being canceled, I think there's some of you might be listening who might legitimately have sports as an idol, something that you give more time and attention to than your own relationship with God. Um, I think that's worth considering. Maybe it's another, maybe it's a hobby. Um, I know for some, you know, even family members, extended family, or even grandkids uh, can honestly become an idol because, again, it's not about having this evil, nasty, ugly idol in the closet. A lot of idols are good things that we just misprioritize and we give too much emphasis to, so much so that it overshadows the emphasis we put on our, our walk with the Lord. Um, and so maybe it's that. Um, maybe it's social gatherings and being around people. Maybe you're, you've, you're noticing that, man, me not being around people, who am I? I mean, I, I got to meet people. I got to be talking. I got to be sharing. I got to be in the loop. You know, maybe it's that. I don't know. What is it for you? Uh, you know, I think there's even some who uh, might even be in a place where um, your lack of being able to attend church or do church things might even actually be a struggle because you have an appearance or you love the appearance of being a super religious, super busy person. And I think that sometimes can mess uh, with our time and our affections and our emphasis on the Lord. And so that's something to think about as well. But regardless of what your idol is, I think it all boils down to this, is that when everything really is stripped away um, and our rhythms are thrown off and our normal is completely rewritten, it all boils down to this, this question is, 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 is who are we 
versus what are we doing. So it's not about what we do for God. It's about who we are to God, who we are in Christ. And I know that's all easy to talk about, but I think it's in these moments where God is is purifying his church. He's, he's pulling back all the distractions. And in those moments, I hope that we would practice uh, reflection and asking God what he's doing. Um, but in those moments, it's, it's really clear that, man, uh, if I'm not content with Christ and in my relationship with Christ, then I'm going to be struggling. And it's okay to struggle. Uh, it's not wrong to struggle. It's okay. However, I would encourage you to think through that. Uh, who are you in Christ without your grandkids, without control, without sports, without hobbies, without all these gatherings, without all these religious functions? Who are you without all that? Are you still really, truly content in Christ? Or do you really feel a burden that there's something drastically wrong and I have to fix it immediately? Maybe maybe you'll find that you've actually struggled with placing your identity rather than Christ. You've actually placed it in that thing or what you do for God or what you do around the things of God rather than him himself. And so I just wanted to offer that encouragement today to think through um, what idols are in your life. What idols maybe need to be removed? Do you have any awareness of the idols that you might have in your life? And again, an idol is anything that you give more time, energy, affection, or even worship than your own relationship with Jesus. And so if you're watching the news five hours a day and you spend five minutes in the Word, uh, you might have an idol there of control or fear uh, or some political thing. I don't know what it might be, but to really process that and to be encouraged that the Lord is gracious, the Lord is slow to anger, he's quick to love, he's quick to show us mercy and grace that's new every morning. And so even if there are idols, uh, that doesn't mean that you're too far gone, that doesn't mean that God is mad at you. You know, all of God's wrath has been poured out on Jesus Christ at the, at the moment of the crucifixion. And so uh, as if you're a believer, uh, there's no anger uh, left in God's eyes towards you, there's no wrath, there's no uh, any of that left, it's all been poured out, it's, it's been finished, it's done. And so actually there's only grace for you, and he wants to graciously call you to identify those idols, lay them down at his feet, and embrace him and love him and, and spend time with him. And to find your deepest sense of satisfaction and contentment and peace in Christ alone. And I hope and pray that as we walk on that, walk in that journey together, uh, that you would find great peace uh, in your relationship with Christ that would then lead you to demonstrate and declare the gospel for the glory of God. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find a wealth of resources including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.displaythegospel.com.